the reason people spend time on forums, they spend time getting coaching, they spend time training at the lake for hours and hours and hours a week is they want the shortest path to the best version of themselves on the water because yeah. nobody's getting younger. Right. Look, if you're comparing yourself to pros, they've been doing it since they were 10. Unless you have a time machine or a DeLorean, you can go back in time to when you're 10 and start training two sets a day, five days a week. You're going to have to find other ways yep. to accelerate the process. And that's where moving in the gym properly to build strength, power, endurance, um, and stability and range of motion can significantly impact your skiing if you don't change anything technically on the water. Drum roll. Hey everybody, we're back with another FPM podcast. We're doing it a little bit differently this time. We're actually addressing kind of a big topic that we came across on the ball spray thread. But before we get to that, we want to first thank our sponsors. Wait, we don't, we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> that's that's right. Or the sponsors. But that's cool, right? Because then you don't have to deal with ads, commercials in your face. Yeah. So here we go, FPM Podcast. The question is, how strong do I need to be? That was the question. It started quite a big debate on the ball spray thread. Yeah. So you're, you're an expert, right? So, so can you, can what's, what's your initial reaction to that question as it relates to the average water skier? How strong do they need to be? Well, this is going to go into the whole thing. So there's not just like a, this strong is the answer, but I would say the first point to kind of take home with strength is try not to compare yourself, the average person to the pros. And the reason for that is pros usually of any sport or, or thing, usually are genetically gifted. They've got something a little bit above the average human. Um, they also have spent, whether it was that specific sport or some other sport, they've spent their life trying to be the best at that. So that means lots of hours, lots Since and lots and lots of hours. Early age. Since early age, like, yeah. So it's like- so, so like unless somebody has been skiing since they were 10 at a highly trained level, probably shouldn't be comparing yourself to a pro. Right, and, and again, I don't know all of the pro stories. I'd imagine there are some out there who didn't ski from the time they were 10 at the elite level, right? But they did something. They've always been an athlete, like a, like the athlete for life kind of a thing. So at some point they've been training their body. Um, the average person spends a lot of time sitting behind a desk. They have kids, they have mortgages, they have a lot of stress. Um, not to say that pros don't have that, but um, it's a little bit different ball game. So you can't compare apples to oranges on that one so for strength. If, if you're gonna be one of those people mm -hmm. and you're gonna to try to compete or you're gonna to try to um, accelerate your potential, reaching your potential, mm -hmm. accelerate the rate at which you improve on the water, what's one of the ways you can do it? Strength training. I would say this above anything else when it comes to being in the gym, have some guidance. Don't just go in there and wing a program or wing some exercises whether you're at your own gym and you hire a personal trainer that has good qualifications or you have some other program out there that you join or there's some, I mean, I think there's a few water ski programs out there that you can follow, hire a trainer, whatever it is you need to do, get some guidance. You wouldn't start water skiing without ever working with someone who was a water skier at some point that gave you some guidance, right? So the same thing. So I say that because risk of injury in the gym goes up if you've never done it before and you just start throwing weight around. So position, um, form, technique is 
above all the most important thing when you're in the gym and then strength you start adding weight and that's how we get stronger and all of that stuff so let's back up though and get to kind of the back to the original intent of the question which was somebody asked how strong do you need to be meaning as a skier how strong do you need to be and they were kind of trying to i think allude to how do we find out how strong the pros are in certain maybe in benchmarks so are there benchmarks that you can throw out that are kind of standard that everybody could do at home or at the gym to kind of just see where they are relative to where they might need to be. Yes, one of the standards I would say is that you can back squat and front squat your body weight. So if you've never back squatted or front squatted, please don't go try to throw your body weight on a bar and try to squat it. Big suggestions are gonna be back squat your body weight. So body weight to strength ratio is a really, really big thing. And that was on that thread and spot on. It's, it's not, this isn't, strength training isn't about getting big and being massive and having all this muscle. It's about being strong and powerful for your body weight. So body weight, back squat, body weight, front squat, I would say one and a half times body weight deadlift. Um, I would say be able for men, 25 push-ups, women, 15 push-ups, um, men, 10 pull-ups, women, five pull-ups, um, be able to hold in a really strong, stable position, a front plank and a side plank on both sides for at least a minute, um, with ease, like it shouldn't be a struggle to get there. If you don't have access to barbells, cause that's a thing. A lot of people are like, I've got dumbbells at home. Um, if you're holding a goblet squat, if you don't know what that is, reach out, but a goblet squat at half of your body weight to hold the bottom position of a squat for 45 seconds is a really good standard as well. Um, Oh, huge one. Yeah. Sorry. Is a a hang to be able to hang from a bar, both in a pronated and supinated grip. So pronated is palms forward, supinated is palms facing towards you in a full hang, um, for one minute. Um, and not like one back to back, but one minute of pronated and one minute of supinated. Those are pretty good stand. That's grip strength. Obviously, as water skiers, grip strength is huge. If you're unable to hang from a bar for a minute, there's a lot of work that needs to be done for you to be able to hold on to the handle when a boat's yanking you around the lake. So those are those are the big ones, I would say, um, for strength. There's obviously more when it comes to fitness in general, general fitness for being a good athlete, but those are the big strength numbers, I would say. And I, I also, like, we're talking about the the numbers in relation to your body weight but also your form and your technique is so important so if i could go back squat somebody could go put their body weight on the bar and do like a quarter squat and just kind of bust out some reps or push-ups where you're not going all the way down or pull-ups where you're not getting your chin over the bar coming to a full hang that is that doesn't count as a rep right you've got to be able to have functional joints so when we think of strength we don't just think of numbers of weight we're throwing around we also think how are my joints functioning through range of motion during those movements am i pain free am i actually hitting all the positions am i hitting those positions with stability or am i my knees wobbling in and out as i'm squatting so there's a lot more that goes to it than just yeah or your spine that's obviously a huge one core when we're thinking of strength um, a big thing that i preach to any athlete or any person i work with is core to extremity and we first prioritize our core strength and once we're there then we start loading loading the spine but until you're able to have spinal integrity loading the spine is probably not a, a great idea and i would imagine most water skiers have the ability to put some weight on their bar or their dumbbells because you're getting yanked around the lake by a boat but most water skiers at the level that they're concerned about strength i would say have a certain level of strength and certain level of stability built into the system however from experience i know sometimes stability can 
can be achieved through like stiffness or mm -hmm. lack of, you know, lack of mobility in the, in certain joints. Also, um, I think if we back up one of the tenants that, that you and I kind of carry through what we do with our athletes is doing movements in the gym that, that increase strength, increase range of motion, increase stability power um, and power. If you can do those movements in the gym, you're going to be much more likely to have access to more ranges of motion, more stability, more power on the water. Right. So, so speak to that a little bit, like how important is the technical aspect of these movements in the gym when it relates to water skiing and as it relates to not getting hurt? Yeah, it's critical. So we talked to our FlowPoint members, but I also work with a lot of skiers individually, and we talk about this a lot. If you are unable to, let's say, for example, a deadlift, if you stand up from your deadlift and you're unable to fully extend your hips, so you can't get your hips all the way open to full extension and activate your glutes and keep a good core during that whole time, the likelihood of you being able to keep your hips open when you're skiing is going to be pretty hard, right? How do people get full extension and in, in at the top of a deadlift usually if they don't have it? They lean back. So same thing as water skiing. If we're missing hip extension and that's when your, your hips open in the front, right? Yep. Um, if we're missing that, then we think we find it by arching our back more. And you'll even hear coaches maybe say, lean back, lean back, not a wrong cue. That can be a great cue if you're also able to bring your hips with you. But if you're leaning back and your hips are also staying back, that leads to a really extended spine. So if you're, think of just a big sway back, you've got yeah. a big sway back, not very good spinal integrity, risk of injury goes through the roof and athletic stance on a ski is pretty, pretty not good. <laughs> But every movement, whether it's a power clean or it's a, it's anything you would program, mm -hmm. how important is technique? How do people, how would you suggest people approach this if suddenly they're like, okay, I understand I need to be able to do X, Y, Z as these benchmarks to find more strength, more power, more stability. How would you, how, would, how do they need, how do they approach that? Okay, coach. <laughs> Coach. Honestly, get a coach. Like, don't try to wing this on your own, guys. It's um, the last thing you want is your gym or your off off water training to injure you, right? And so, if you don't know how to properly perform, or if you're unsure if you really know what you're doing, my first advice is get a coach. And if that's somebody in person, again, great. If it's somebody remote, great. But find somebody who's going to watch your movement. I also do GiveGo. So if you're doing your own stuff, if you're on GiveGo, shoot me a video because I would love to help you with that to make sure your technique is good. So that's one thing. Um, but how to approach it from if you already like I'm dialed in, I've got all my movements, less is more at first, right? Don't go in there and say, well, Jenny said I need to front squat my, my body weight. So I'm just going to throw, throw that on. Do like five reps at the empty bar. How does your video yourself? How do you look? How's your form? Are you getting full range of motion? Are you rounding around? If that looks good, bump it up a little bit. Do kind of like a linear progression to get there. And this is kind of like very beginning standards of, of lifting. But um, over a course of six weeks, build up to that. Don't just dive into it unless you've been doing this for a long time and you know, hey, I'm pretty sure I can do this. I did that three weeks ago. Then cool. But So if skiers want to focus on strength, power and strength, but not build a bunch of mass and get bulky because we know you want to maximize your strength to weight. Yeah. Right. How, what's a rep scheme? Generally speaking, is it, you know, three to five reps, three to five sets, or is it like high reps? No, no. So, I mean, let me say this with any type of lifting, if you're coming from not doing a lot, 
you're probably gonna gain muscle, but that's a good thing. If you haven't been doing anything, that is a good thing. It's not like you're gonna all of a sudden put on 10 pounds of muscle in a week, right? Um, or in a month or in a cycle, it's not gonna happen. It takes a long time to do that. So don't be afraid if you're doing like a higher reps, this is gonna happen right away. However, over time, doing higher reps over and over again is gonna lead to more hypertrophy. Hypertrophy is muscle mass gain skiers, that's not our goal. And that's not our goal even for the, our sport. You know, we're thinking of shorter sprintier stuff. So we're looking in the range of one to five reps, three, three sets of one to five reps is going to be ideal for most of our main lifts when you're looking at auxiliary work. So like if you're trying to work on like positional stuff with your scapula, or maybe you need to work on hip flexor strength, really individual stuff that is weaker. Um, which is where we get to like symmetry and maybe injury prevention. That'll, that might be a little higher repetition, but um, that's going to be smaller muscles. You're not going to be putting on a bunch of mass with that. So for the big mover, the big, the big movements, we're looking for um, that one to five rep range. And I am not a huge fan of doing heavy singles. You don't see that a lot in my programming. It's more like the three to five. We might do like box jumps for big explosive stuff for one rep, but try to stay below five reps. All right. So on that ball of spray for them. There was like, I guess I would say two, but I'm going to add in a third category of what is going to be the most beneficial for you skiing. Technique, skill, technique on the water, strength. And then I would also add in like mobility kind of positional stuff in there. What do you feel is most important for you as a pro, but also what you see for the athletes you work with? In general, I would say, I think they're all on par or almost equally as important. I think obviously people are hyper-focused on technique um, and rightly so, because this sport, once you figure it out, it is quite simple, but to get to that point, you have to unpack things. You have to use a lot of words. You have to, to hold multiple concepts in your head. And so the technique part does take a lot of focus, especially if you're like an observational learner and you learn by watching, then you need to watch a lot of different videos and that can help you kind of concretize your concepts or your ideas or your goals once you get to the water. But as it relates to strength, if you, and stability and mobility, if you don't have strength, you can't create stability. If you don't have mobility, you can't, uh, and range of motion, you can't, as you know, you can't uh, access different positions or recover from different positions and you kind of have a small box or window to move within. And so technique becomes really hard to execute on. For instance, we talked about the deadlift, trying to complete the top of a deadlift is much like kind of the athletic stance on the ski with, you know, with some caveats, having, being able to open your hips. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that, you literally can't get into athletic stance. So one of our pro skiers on the, on the FPM, on a, a flow point method, Allie Nicholson has one of the best stances on the ski. She, she, her hips are incredibly open and therefore her skeleton's in alignment. She doesn't need a lot of strength. She is strong. She's scrappy, but she doesn't need a lot of strength because she can achieve that position without friction or without internal forces combating that or counteracting that. So myself, for instance, I didn't have that ability. And that's partly why um, I had low back issues because I did not have the mobility in my hips and the strength of my posterior chain to balance all that out. So as it relates to technique, everybody kind of hyper-focuses on the technique, but if you don't have the strength, a certain base level of strength, in my opinion, yeah. and a certain base level of mobility, then you, you can't 
access technique. You could, you could know perfectly what to, to try to accomplish on the water and you're banging your head against the wall because when you go out there, you can't do it because your body can't do it. So everybody has different limitations. Some people are a little bit too heavy, maybe too strong, too, too bulky. Some people are too light, too skinny, too weak. Some people are too stiff. Um, you got to know where you're at, right? Right. But from the technical standpoint, if we get hyper-focused on technique and we say, okay, what's the minimum level of strength I can get away with? We also totally forget about the stability mobility piece. And since water skiing is positional, like we say, that means that the, the better positions you can achieve relative to your body and the, the better position you can put your feet in relative to the rope, the better you're going to ski. It's all positional based. If you can't get your body in the right shapes and in the right positions and hold that under load, you're, you're kind of, it doesn't matter what the technique part is like, you're going to lose it. You're going to get out of position. You're going to lose the battle with the boat. Or you can get there in a compromised body position, which works for a while until it doesn't. And you're a testament to that, right? Like yeah. you might be able to find your balance on the ski, like we were talking about, by hyperextending that spine. Yep. But that happening over and over and over, it could work for a while. And then all of a sudden, one day it snaps and then you don't get to ski anymore. And that's like another part of strength and mobility training is why are we really doing this? Are we doing this just to get the gold medal? Most of us aren't even looking for a medal. We're just trying to out there, have a good time and hope to get a couple more balls, right? Yeah. But really it's to be able to do it forever. You know, For the majority of people listening to this, it is not about, yes, we wanna get better. That is the main, that is a very thing, right? But if we get hurt, we don't get better. The reason people spend time on forums, they spend time, getting coaching, they spend time training at the lake for hours and hours and hours a week is they want, they love the sport, they love the challenge, they love the personal accomplishment that they get, the sense of accomplishment they get when it's, when something awesome happens, when you find that flow state on the water. Um, but they want the shortest path to the best version of themselves on the water because nobody's getting younger. Right. <laughs> the shortest path to the best version of yourself includes attention to technique, attention to some training and some protocols and, and an actual program, attention to some body work. I don't think it's any one thing, no. but I think the, the, the good rule of thumb is, look, if you're comparing yourself to pros, they've been doing it since they were 10. Unless you have a time machine or a DeLorean, you can go back in time to when you're 10 and start training two sets a day, five days a week, then you're going to, ha you're going to have to find other ways yep. to accelerate the process. And that's where moving in the gym properly to build strength, power, endurance, um, and stability and range of motion can significantly impact your skiing if you don't change anything technically on the water. I wanna say this too, I think some people like, we only have so much time in the day, right? Or in the week, and especially in the summertime, in the springtime when we're like really dialing into skiing, the last thing we wanna do is think, oh man, I've gotta have like five days in the gym to also on top of this. No, like two to three days in the gym and it doesn't have to be for an hour long, like it might be, but depending on how much you put into it, but getting in there and nailing out the stuff that is really the the top of the tier for a half an hour, three days a week, that's gonna, that's gonna be amazing. And I would say, like without even having a program, here are the big things I would say to start working on. Hanging from the bar, doing pull-ups, like getting that range of motion, if you're at full range of motion, I'll keep saying that, doing some, this is all body weight stuff you can do from your house. Pull-up bars are like 20 bucks to go in the door frame. You can get those on Amazon or whatever. Um, 
get a heavy kettlebell or a heavy dumbbell. Have that at your house. This is if you're just doing it at your home. Again, give yourself some front squats or goblet squats holding it at your chest. Like just trying to get in basic movement. Use that same dumbbell or kettlebell for some deadlifts. You know, and again, we're looking at three to five. So you don't need to have a big gym membership to be able to do this stuff. But giving yourself a little bit of time a few days a week is going to go a long way for the average person that sits behind a desk or or has a, a normal life and isn't a pro. Yeah. This is a big part of the forum and one that I totally agree with, and I think you do too, is is can you be too strong? I, can you be too strong on the water? Yeah. I don't think you can be too strong. I think you can be too bulky. I did see a comment on the on the forum about if you're too strong, your technique will suffer because you'll be able to get away with more stuff, hang on to more things. And I think that's just about as as false of a comment as you can make. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. You, we've got to remember that we want to fail forward. So what does that mean? That means failing forward means if you get stronger, okay, let's back up. This sport, the reason that we love the sport is because it's not, the sport's not foolproof. You, it's on you, it's your responsibility to understand the things that are gonna make you better and the things that are gonna keep you from getting hurt so you can keep skiing year after year, week after week because longevity is one of the biggest markers for success. The, the less you have, the less longevity you have, the less successful you're gonna be. So how do you gain longevity? Well, you just learn more about the sport. You become a student, you, you develop the craft. And what that means is you understand technique so that if you get stronger, and you start to devolve because you're like, oh man, I'm stronger. And you can start to kind of pull on the boat more and whip the ski around and kind of get in positions and hang on to them. You immediately have to start turning on the technical side of your brain and say, wait, I know that's wrong. Even though I'm getting away with it and I just ran 32 off more consistently this last week than I ever have in my life because I had this phenomenal training program over the winter that got me really strong for my weight, I, that, doesn't, that doesn't cut it. Right. Just because you're running more buoys doesn't cut it. You have to pull back 30,000 foot view once a day, once a week and say, all right, how'd that feel? How'd that set feel? Check my journal. Did I feel good? Was I muscling? Was I skiing in rhythm? Um, if you gain strength, you also have to pay better attention to your technique. Mm -hmm. But if you gain strength, your technique doesn't have to be as good as you, as you get to your ultimate pass because you can regain hypothetically, you can regain position. The number one advantage almost all pro skiers have, elite skiers have over the general population is they can recover quicker and better than every other skier. Sure. If you can recover quicker, that's less time standing on the ski improperly, pulling on the boat improperly, and it's more time standing on the ski in the right way and receiving load from the boat in the right way mm -hmm. that puts you on the right path, gets you back on the right path. I don't know, what do you think? I mean, I think that everybody's goal in sport is to reach your highest potential. You're not going to reach your highest potential if you don't address all the carrots, right? So, yes, you need to be strong, like you said. There is, and there is a point, there is too strong. There is a point I would say, I shouldn't say too, like you said, too big. Once you've kind of reached this baseline strength and, you're, and you can maintain that, that's the goal, Unless you have other goals, like you want to do a powerlifting competition, there's probably no reason to try to keep yeah. getting stronger and stronger and stronger. You are strong enough. Maintain that strength, which means you're going to have to continue to train and dial in your technique. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's, it's all of it. Can we go back to those three buckets, though? Because I feel yeah. like 
hierarchically, skiers are like technique is, is almost like number one, mm -hmm. which rightly so. It's hard. It's hard to understand the sport. Strength is number two, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and on that thread, it was kind of technique and strength. But the third one yeah. wasn't really talked about hardly at all. Maybe once, a mention. Right. And I think that's the most important one. So I want to just say, I've said this before in some of the stuff we've done. Mobility is what he's talking about. Mobility is the ability to voluntarily put yourself into a range of motion. So not having an extra weight that's like pushing you down or have someone pushing on your hips, like voluntarily being able to get there. Most people, including myself, and I work on this, we're missing some of that in some of our joints. And so that, I would say, is number one. And I would say that because working with the pros that we have, Rob Hazelwood, um, Jamie Bullock, some of the things that people were working with in the in our Flowpoint Method program, who are the elite, are saying, wow, I feel way better. Like I can actually feel this position on the ski because my shoulders actually move. And so the best of the best, improving range of motion for their joints and their spine. But it's not just like, and I love yoga. It's not just going out and doing yoga and stretching. You need to be stable in those joints. So there is a point of being too flexible as well. And mobility is being stable through through that range of motion. Yeah. So, and that's where the strength comes in. So I would argue that you can't have mobility and strength separately. Yeah. Um, they have to go hand in hand and you're the pro on the technique and where that lies, but it's individual. Like, again, it's not, yeah. it's, it's, it's gonna be an individual approach there. Generally speaking, I'd say most people are probably the weakest on the mobility stability and kind of then strength and then because people know they need to train and they're doing their own things and mm -hmm. and then technique mm -hmm. we've established like look mobility stability strength technique kind of three three main buckets technique in my opinion is two parts mm -hmm. it's the conceptual understanding or kind of like the bodily i don't want to say conceptual because some people don't think they don't get so heady they more feel Sure. the concept through their body or the idea that they think they want to feel through their body, which is that that's part of it right. concept or have that innate feeling. Number two, part of technique is being able to execute it. That goes back to that mobility stability thing. If you mm -hmm. can't get your body in the right shapes at the right times and you don't have strength through that range of motion or those shapes, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. You can't achieve. You can't, you can't utilize that technical understanding because you just simply can't, achieve it or execute that in the physical world. So the next thing that goes with that though is power. A lot of people talk about power. Part of what you train um, ad nauseum in the gym with, with people is developing strength, stability, and power, mm -hmm. explosiveness. The definition of power is being able to do um, a certain amount of work in a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. If you can do 100 watts of work in two seconds, or you can do 100 watts of work in one second, you're going to be able to generate more power if you can do it in less time. Mm -hmm. So if you can get, if you can get from an out of position state as a skier, where you, the the boat did work on you, you finished the turn, you've got compressed, your skis pointed at 90, the boat's trying to pull you down course, and your your ass is back, and the load's on you already. If you have to just stay there because you don't have the strength to do anything you're going to get less to center line. You're going to get less, you're going to have less ability to correct position. You're going to have less ability to take that load from the boat, turn it into direction towards the wake. If you can instantaneously do work on the system and push your feet back away from you as you regain position, 
suddenly you're in a better position, you're recovering, you're back on the line you want to be on. What did it do? It took more power. And I think that's a big thing that we don't talk about. Strength is one thing. Power is totally different. The ability to, to, to use your power and be balanced and athletic when you do it is very key. It's very key. If you can't train that in the gym in a controlled environment, you're going to be less likely to just be able to nail it on the ski. When the ski's moving, the boat's moving, the water's moving, your fin's in the wrong spot, you know, maybe that day, whatever. And that's a big thing that we talk about is like when you're behind the boat, you've studied all this technique, you, you've seen it, you've felt it, you're going out there to try to do it. There's a lot of factors happening, right? When you're in the gym, it's a lot more controlled setting where you can work. Obviously, it's not the exact same position, but you can work those, those um, mechanics that you need and develop that power that you need in a controlled setting. And I would also say one thing we haven't said with all of this, I'm just using your example of getting out of position, the reduced risk of injury. Oh, like yeah. that is maybe the biggest, biggest thing, right? Sure. When, when you get in that position, ass back, skis going one way, boats pulling you the other way. If you can't get your hips back up and recover your position, risk of injury is through the roof. Yep. And that longevity piece goes out the window. Yeah. So yeah, strength, mobility, stability, all that has to play into that ability to not, not get hurt mm -hmm. and to correct imbalances in the off season. Mm -hmm. So back to the strength thing, <laughs> how strong do I need to be as a skier? I'll say it again, kind of what I said in the beginning. These are kind of standards that I have used with water skiers I have worked with. And I should say athletes in general, yeah. you know, like this is just kind of a standard. This is a good standard for just being a functioning human is yeah. to be able to hang from the bar in a pronated, so palms forward, grip, full hang for one minute. Same thing, supinated for one minute. Be able to do 10 pull-ups if you're a male, five pull-ups if you're a female. And that's a little bit more specific to water skiers because that strength is really important. Um, be able to do 25 push-ups with good position if you're a man and to do um, 15 if you're a woman. Um, back squat, body weight, front squat, body weight, deadlift one and a half times body weight. Um, I didn't say this Bulgarian split squat. If you know what that is, single leg strength, which is very important for water skiers, unilateral strength, um, one, one side left and right evenly to be able to Bulgarian split squat, a third of your body weight in each hand, um, is a big one for me. Um, we didn't even talk like that right there. You guys strength asymmetry. Water skiing is an asymmetrical sport. So it's so important to train unilateral. I'm talking about basic strength for back squats, front squats. That's you. That's bilateral. That's two legs, right? Really important to train unilateral so that your back leg isn't way wicked stronger than your front leg. Um, and that's just, again, comes to injury prevention and, and being the best well-rounded athlete that you can be. So say somebody takes these benchmarks and they go into the gym and they want to test. And they try to creep up. Don't go straight to body weight squat, front or back. Don't go straight to one and a half times your body weight on deadlift. Try to see where you're at. But if they are missing something, can they just send you a give go Please. of like two or three of the movements so they can get some input on what they need to improve to be able to, to get stronger, better yes. technique? Please send it to me. But I will say this. Please don't send me like three movements in one give-go where you tape them together because that's impossible to coach. Give me like three or four or five reps of one movement, ideally from like a front 45 degree angle so I can see or video from the front, video from the side. Send it to me and um, I'd be glad to give you feedback on that.
It's huge, guys. Your position is just like on the water. You're talking about technique, right? Your technique off the water is just as imperative so that you know that you're actually training appropriately and safely. Hey, I think we've said a lot. <laughs> is there any way you want to finish this? Anything you want to say to finish this off for um, folks? Yeah, I would just say... Remember, mm -hmm. these people are batshit crazy about water skiing. <laughs> I know yeah. I've worked with all of you yeah. or a lot of you, yeah, which is great, <laughs> which I love it. I love how passionate That's you are. That's our people. But yeah. just remember that. Keep that in mind. So anything, any closing remarks for yeah, them? I do have one. Like the way you're going to become a good water skier is to water ski. Hands down. You have to get repetition on the water. You have got to ski. So don't think that because I'm over here preaching some off water training that I think it's more important than actually being on the water. Cause I do not. I think that in any sport you're doing, the way you get better at that sport is to do it. But the strength training piece is critical for safety, for longevity, for injury prevention, for becoming your best to reaching your potential, um, to balancing the whole system. Like it's, it's, it's a huge part of it but please go ski your face off <laughs> and have fun and know the technique and all of it. But, but, uh, it's gotta be kind of a, a holistic approach, which is what I do with any athlete of any sport that I work with. That was a great closing, but we didn't talk about a couple of things that I hear people talk about a lot. Rowing. Oh yeah. And just endurance in general. This podcast is not about fitness. This podcast is about strength. So I know there's a lot of people out there we see in the, in the water ski world who think that if they just row their faces off on the row machine all winter long, they're going to be ready to ski. And it's probably going to help you to some degree, but it's not the only thing. We will do another podcast on endurance and on stamina and on energy systems because that is a huge part of it. Just going out there and riding your road bike and jumping on the rower for 30 minutes every day is not the answer to be a good water skier. But for the sake of capturing anybody and everybody who wants, remember again, give go. Yeah. If you think the rowing's your thing and yeah. you've been rowing, send Jenny a give go. From the side. From view. the side, because rowing technique is critical. Nailing rowing technique is critical for not only safety, strength, and power generation, but also uh, how it translates over to water. Huge. Water, rowing is great for water skiing. Yeah. And when it's done poorly, it can be the absolute opposite in training really bad form on the water ski. Okay. Okay. I think that's it. I think that's good. We did it. Yeah. Let's just let people go on with their day now. Yeah. yeah. Go do a push up or pull up or something. That's fun. Okay. Cool. <laughs>